scripture memory verse tonight, Proverbs 15, 5. A fool despises his father's instruction, but he who receives correction is prudent. Proverbs 15, 5. New King James Version. Anybody else? Proverbs 15, 5. A fool. A fool despises his father's instruction. But he who receives correction is prudent. Proverbs 15.5. Good job. Anybody else? He who receives correction. That's good. Well, they're, the, they're, they're similar words. There's no difference in them. We know that in the, in the Hebrew, they're the same words, but they're translated differently there. Um, anybody else? Anybody else? We've been, I, I'm going to shift a little bit of gears, but we've been doing this for a while, talking about, uh, and, and again, we brought it back to, uh, the father um, and a fool I don't know if you guys look these words up or do anything with them but I looked up on blue letter Bible the word fool and in the Hebrew uh, it was E-V-I-L was the Hebrew word but then I looked it up in the Strong's and it was spelled differently in the actual Strong's it was E-V-I-Y-L it had a Y in it so I'm not sure I'm not a Hebrew scholar but it was interesting that it was the word evil or fool in the Hebrew to me, no matter how you spell it, uh, because a fool is evil. A fool has said no to God. We see that twice in the Bible, uh, that they want no correction. So fool is to be perverse. That's what it means when you uh, uh, look at it in the Hebrew. And uh, so me being simple, I look up in Webster's 1828, well, what does perverse mean? And it means to turn aside from or distorted from the right, obstinate in the wrong. And, that, and that's, to me, uh, to turn aside from. To, I mean, God created perfectly. God creates and he tells us. And anything we do other than the way God tells us is perverting truth. It's changing it. It's turning aside from it. Think about it. They had the whole garden, Adam and Eve. They had one thing that they weren't allowed to do, and they turned from God and turned to it. They turned to the one thing. They perverted what God had said and turned to because of the enticement of the devil. But the fool, the fool despises his father's instruction and despises or despiseth, King James, despiseth, um, means to scorn or to abhor it, it means um to blaspheme and of course blaspheme is to speak against or evil speech against so the a fool someone who is perverting truth they uh, uh, the fool despises or blasphemes it comes from a word actually it means to fly away or to flee away so you're fleeing away you're perverting god's truth you're flee you're running from it flying away from it and here he says the father now you got to give me some liberty here i think in a sense uh father in the text of my bible is small f 
but it's the same word used for Father, capital F. But in the Old Testament, we don't really see, I think it's 13 times that, that this word is translated referring to the Father in heaven. He's the Father of the fatherless. He's the Father of the nation of Israel. Um, and so in a sense, I, I, would, I would say this is talking about um, a father's instruction of course, being the father is the head of the house in a patriarchal society. He's the, it's the word uh, pater in the New Testament. That's where we get patriarchal from, uh, the head of the family. And I believe that those instructions, uh, I would like to take this text and use it as the father in heaven. When I read Proverbs, when I read the Bible, I understand that this is Solomon writing down pithy statements and wisdom to his son and to us down the corridors of time. But it's me that says that it's a fool that despises the Father in Heaven's instruction, the Father in Heaven instruction about life. And we pervert it, we twist it, we change it. But if you want it to be the father of a family, you're still looking at the authority figure of the family. And the authority figure of the family, if he's looking at the Father in heaven, is going to be giving the same word out, following the same example. He's going to be laying his life down for his family. In fact, I, I'd seen a, a video the other day, and, and in this system, in the Hebrew system in Israel, the father was responsible for everybody in the family. He, I mean, that's the way they live. He took care of them. He worked them. They listened to the elders. And even you would build houses if you was a son and you would marry. And you would come and live in the father's property. And the elder son gets a double inheritance. And then the others, and that he would become the patriarch when the father died. And he would have a double inheritance. And that's because he was being rewarded to take care of the other people in the family. That was his, it became his duty in, in this patriarchal society. And if anybody was harmed or hurt or became maligned is the word the teacher was using. In other words, you, you were sidelined or maligned or became uh, less than. It was that father, that person in authority, uh, a duty to go and rescue you. And so we see the father in heaven, our type, who sends his son to rescue his children that have been maligned by sin, that have been deceived by the devil, that have been taken away. And when we, we, we look at our society today, the attack on God's word, death culture, the attack on God's headship, authority, uh, the man of the family, we see that going on and we see the destruction of marriage, which brings the destruction of family, which brings the destruction and death culture of God's witness to us that it's all about a family. It's all about a son rescuing us and bringing us back into a family to a loving father who wants his children to follow his instructions. Not to despise them, not to, to be a fool and, and live in an evil way and reject the leadership and the authority that God has placed in society. And so thus, we have the contrasting statements. A fool despises his father's instructions. Now, again, remember this because just telling somebody something doesn't correct them. But we have to learn through the school of hard knocks. There's going to be some pain, some suffering, some heartache. Through much suffering shall we enter the kingdom of God. We learn these lessons better 
when we have to deal with them in life, when we have to deal with them and then cry out to God. That's why God allows us to go through suffering. That's why he allows us to go through pain. That's why he allows it to rain and to shine on the just and the unjust because now his children, they cry out to him and they learn to trust him and to build their faith in him because he's a good God who would come and die for them as his son, as we see in the Godhead. And so therefore instruction does not just mean like, hey, go do this. But it comes by chastisement. It comes by reproof. Oh, whoa, excuse me. That's not how you do that. Let's do it this way, and it'll be correct. That's perverse. This is correct. And so God's word always instructs us. It doesn't just tell us to stop, tell us no, bad, smack our hand. But it always tells us the right way to go, the right instruction, and, and the right way to live life. In fact, 2 Timothy 3 16 and 17 all scripture the word of god all scripture is god breathed all scripture is uh, 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 divinely given through uh, men who were listening and would allow god to use their intellect to write down all scripture is inspired is what uh, the word is in the new testament uh, all scripture is inspired by god and profitable don't we all want to be profitable See, but we're looking at being profitable. What's my profit margin on this job? What's my profit margin here? How do I profit? What am I getting out of it? Wait a minute. All scripture is profitable for doctrine. Well, what is doctrine? Doctrine is instruction. That's what we're talking about. Instruction in how to live rightly. And, and then it's, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof. When you're not, it tells you you're not. And then it gives you instruction in right living or righteousness so that you can walk the right way. It's, it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction. And I love that word. I always say this every time. You're like, dude, you've said that a million times. Yes, because I love the word correction. We have it in our text in the Hebrew. But in the Greek, the word correction means to stand back up again that which has been knocked over. It means writing that which has been knocked over. And that's why Jesus came. We've been knocked down. We've been maligned. We've been, we've been deceived by the devil. And we've ended up with Adam's nature, which was a sin nature. And the father, the patriarch, the creator of the heavens and the earth sends his son to die to redeem us to bring us back into the family and stand us back up again by grace through faith. It, it, it's not of works. It's a gift of God, lest anyone would boast and say, I work a little bit more. And, and it, it corrects you. And then it instructs you in how to live righteously, that you might be thoroughly equipped, complete, and ready for every good work that God would call you to do. It's an amazing text that we would understand that that's what this word is. That's why we're looking at Proverbs. We're looking at what the word is for, what the instruction is for, because we are a people who go astray in our hearts. We need instructions. We need to look at the pictures. We need to read it. And God gives us these testimonies all through the Bible that makes word pictures that we understand better how good of a father he is, how good of a God he is, how, how perfect his salvation is and his deliverance is. But a fool despises that and says no to God, no to his instruction. I got my own way. 
and thus deceived following the devil the word the word father here is if you're looking in your strongs it's the very first word everything stems from the father everything comes from the father it's number one in the strongs abba we say abba abba it's number one it's the very first one everything stems from that and this word it's amazing because it's father-in-law it's fatherless it's everything about father that you can be I think there is one other word for father-in-law also that can be there um, 2509 but I don't have that on my paperwork so we're not going to be looking at it but listen the father means chief it means patrimony it means what we're talking about and it's only a few times really like I said like 13 times used of God in the Old Testament but then when you get to the New Testament Jesus speaks uh, and makes it a personal thing. My I and my father are one. We're one. Thomas, when you're looking at me, you've seen the father. And, and he brings it back into a family, a family of faith and a, and, 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 and a love relationship where we're all riding the horse. We even, we even see the prodigal son coming back to the, his senses and coming back to the father. And that's what this is all about is listening to the Father's instruction. There's no other way to get back to God but to come back under His authority and receive the rebukes of life, receive the chastisement, the instruction, the reproof, which is a warning. It's restraint against our sin nature. Listen to what the Father would do. What would He do, Greg? He would send His Son. And there's salvation in no other name. That's the instruction we're given. But a fool says no to God. But there's salvation in no other name but in the name of Jesus. And you say no to God and you do not hurt God. You wrong your own soul. You go to hell. You die. You end up believing death culture and you have no life in you. So the Father's instruction and then the contrast. But he who regardeth, this is King James, I like to give that to you. He who regardeth reproof is prudent. Listen, so that's what the word is, is reproof this time. It's translated reproof in the King James. Uh, we see in the New King James, he who receives, it's the word shamar. It means to hedge about. It can be translated to guard, to tend to, because we're supposed to be taking care. Of, remember what Adam was supposed to do? Take care of God's garden. He was supposed to be taking care of the animals. He was supposed to be uh, tending his garden until God asked them to depart from his garden because they had sinned. And he didn't want them to get back to the tree of life and eternally be in the state of fallen man. So uh, a fool despises the father's instruction, his chastisement, the things that happen in life. But chastisement and reproof is given so that we will cry out to God. We're going to see it tonight in our lesson in 2 Kings. We're given it to cry out to God. God allows it. He can bring it so that we will cry out to him for help and see how good of a father he is and how much grace and mercy he gives freely. Um, regardeth, observes, uh, preserves. Uh, it's actually translated in the Old Testament as watchman. You know, we're supposed to be watchmen for the Father. 
delivering others that are straying and going for the slaughter. We're supposed to be sounding the alarm as watchmen in a watchtower and sees the enemy coming. That's what regarding the truth means. That's what that's what regarding correction means is that we, we, we guard it. We're, we're circumspect. That's a big fancy word. Paul uses it in Ephesians 4. See then that you walk circumspectly, uh, redeeming the time. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as evil, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. What is that scripture? But it means that, that as exactly as you know, as, as perfectly as you know, you're, you're listening to instruction, you're following the Lord, you're being led by the Spirit, and you should be trying to walk in that and guard that and take heed to that as circumspectly as you can. Interesting, that word is even translated once as mark. But he who marks correction. So in other words, you put a stake on it. You see it. You go, this is what God has already corrected me. And I know this is what he's corrected me in. And I've learned that. And you mark it because you know it's from God. Correction, which is reproof. Again, it's chastisement. It's reasoning. Reasoning with God. Think about that. God's not afraid to reason with you. He's not afraid to reason with me. When he corrects us and, and he reasons with us and we come to him and though our sins were as scarlet, they could be white as snow, we can come and reason with him. We can come and say, oh, but he's going to always in his love convince us that his ways are right and that we shouldn't pervert them and that he can make us white as snow if we would just listen to his instruction, a father's instruction who loves us so much that he would give his son. And again, guys, we should be fathers like this, that we would lay our lives down for our wives and the greatest thing that, that a child can see in a family is a husband loving his wife as Christ loved the church. The greatest thing that a child can see is, is a wife submitting to a husband in godly fear as unto the Lord. And then they see proper authority. They see proper submission. They see a proper marriage. They see a proper family. And they see God's love in that. When people are saying no to self and laying down their lives receiving the instruction of God, receiving the correction of God, that's a prudent thing to do because it's a pattern that can be copied. It's an example that can lead. And, and you know what? We all fall short of it, but we can ask the Holy Spirit to keep us focused on it, to teach us how to do it better, to give us instruction in it and pray for wisdom through it. And it can't be done just by going, okay, the word says it has to be each individual's love relationship with God. It has to be then that love relationship translated into a relationship with our spouses, with our family. Not stuck on self, but only in a relationship with self and thinking that everybody else is there to take care of self. But receiving the witness and the love of a great God who would lay down his life and send his son to die for us. Wow. So a fool despises, scorns, blasphemes against what the word of God says, the instruction of a father. Uh, but we know that there's great reward for him who receives the correction and it shows a character that's prudent. That's our last word here we have in it. 
to be or to make bare. That's interesting. That's what that word means, smoothness. Prudent actually means in, in strong, or excuse me, in uh, Webster's 1828, listen to this, cautious, circumspect. There's that word again. Uh, practically wise. So when you're listening to God and you're receiving the instruction and he's reproving and changing you, you're, you're actually just practically wise, but with the wisdom of God for life. You can be practically wise. Careful of consequences of enterprise. That's strange, isn't it? <clears throat> Cautious not to act when end is of a doubtful uh, utility. That's interesting that that word is translated like that or, or defined like that through Webster, who was a godly man, Noah Webster. He had the name Noah, one drawn out. Is that what Noah means? So, Are you prudent? Do you think you're prudent? Are you listening to God's instruction? Are you listening to your father's instruction? Are you respecting your parents? Uh, uh, are you living in, in, in a uh, system of authority that allows the father to be the head? Because that's where we began. God created man. Then he allowed sleep to fall upon man and he took the woman out of his side. And in that act, he created the first marriage. And then he told him to be fruitful and to multiply. And then, I mean, the first institution that was created on the planet is marriage. The first physical one, the first spiritual one is God and man together, which is what this is about, bringing us back into proper worship. And then there's marriage. And then in that marriage, the, the, the husband and the wife get to have a family. They get to be like God in the image of God in creating something between the two of them after they became one, just like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. They create a family, and then they get to nurture that family and teach it how to tend the garden. And they get to be like God in that sense, but not God's. And that's supposed to be handed down from their relationship with walking with God in the garden daily. But we always have the serpent who comes in to deceive and to get us to pervert that relationship with God and to make up religious things and to make up ways that we think we're okay that have nothing to do with the instruction that's clearly given by God in these 66 books by 40 authors, all inspired by the Holy Spirit. So it's so very important that we understand what the Word of God says. And yet so many people ignore the Word of God. And they call themselves Christians. Not picking, not being mean, not trying to beat God's uh, uh, bride. I would never want to put my hands on God's bride. But if you believe you're a Christian, then you have to have a relationship with the written Word and the living Word to bring you back to the instruction of God and to clearly understand that the Holy Spirit wants to open this word to you. Remember we started 123 of Proverbs. Turn at my rebuke. I will pour my spirit out upon you. I will make my word known to you. John 17, 3. This is eternal life, that they may know you, Father, and him whom you sent. I'm paraphrasing. Let's look at it. Let's don't paraphrase it. I can't believe I didn't get that out of my brain. 17.3. 
And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. That's knowing God, knowing his instruction. And the Holy Spirit is here today so that we would know the word of God. We'd be able to articulate the voice of God. We'd be able to understand the, the difference between worldly, earthly, central, demonic wisdom and being prudent and following the, the wisdom of God. And that's what a loving father, the head of his house, he's delivered us back by the death of his son and yea, his resurrection, and then sent us a comforter, a counselor, one to lead us into heaven where Jesus the Christ is seated. That's the family. And we're supposed to be fellowshipping together as brothers and sisters in the same family, in the same house, by the same grace through faith in God, in the blood of Jesus. I pray that you're not living as a fool and despising instruction that God would give to lead us safely back home, but that you are receiving the correction and walking in a manner worthy of God. Yes, circumspectly, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Next week, uh-oh, shift gears. Next week, anybody have any comments or concerns? Proverbs still, Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be saved. Now, I believe that word. I haven't done any study yet, but I believe that word truster is the word batak, which is the, the equivalent of faith. Proverbs 29, 25. The fear of man will bring a snare. That's what they're using today. Fear them. Do what we say. But whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. And that's the word for deliverance. Safe. Deliverance. It's the word for salvation. We're brought straight back into his house. And he keeps us. And he protects us. So we'll look at that next week. God willing. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your instruction. Help us to receive that correction and be prudent as we live for you and be witnesses for you. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.